Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Luke chapter 19 verse 11, just a couple of verses. Luke 19 verse 11 says this, The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants, divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. The King James Version puts that last phrase like this. It says, occupy until I come. The message version says, operate with this until I return. What Jesus is saying to his disciples and therefore to us is while you're waiting, while you are waiting for this thing to happen, get busy for me. Don't wait with no activity. Rather, he's saying, whatever it is that you are waiting for, I want you to wait proactively and to wait productively. He gives them a job and says, while I'm gone, until I return, I want you to produce for me. If you are waiting for that answer to prayer, whatever that thing is, why not serve him while you wait. If you're waiting for that door to open, find a way to bless somebody before you step through that threshold. While you're still on the other side waiting for that door to swing open, find a way for all the people that are around about you to receive something before you get to move on. If you are waiting for the Holy Spirit to bring your dream to pass. Why not help somebody else with their dream while you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to move? Over these last couple of months, you know, during this whole period of of all the changes that have been happening around the world, sometimes I've heard the Holy Spirit say things that are so contrary to what everybody else seems to be saying. On a couple of occasions, I've actually said to my wife, Rhonda, am I the odd one out here? Because I feel like this. When everyone was saying it was over, I heard the Lord say, you know, and I wrote it down, so it's not me kind of trying to retroactively rewrite history. But I heard the Lord say, it's not over yet. Keep on going. But over the last month or so, I feel like God is dialing up the, you know, that come on, it's time to act, it's time to step up, it's time to get going. He's allowed many of us a pause, some of us, our life has been on hold for an extended period of time, but as clear as I've heard him, he spoke this to my heart, I leave it to you to judge it, but I heard him say, mobilise the saints, that now is not a time for waiting for whatever the thing is, 
whether it's an external agency or a government or a circumstance or an environment or whether it's something in your personal life that you are hoping will change. But whatever it is, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, get mobilised, get ready. Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm going to read a longer period, but you really want to get the whole of this story. The prophet Ezekiel is having a vision from God. It says this in verse 1 of Ezekiel 37, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and He set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then He caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? When you're looking into something that's got no life of itself, when you're looking at something that used to be, when you're looking at something that once upon a time had energy or life, but now it lays there in the sun, parched and lifeless in itself. And he comes to you and says, tell me what you believe. Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel gets a little bit cagey, I think, with God. And he said, so I answered, oh Lord God, you know, like, I guess... I imagine they could, but that's in your hand, isn't it? But then watch this, again the Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones. Not I'm going to do it. He says, I want you to start speaking to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God. Now, I love the way that it puts that. Thus says the Lord God, but it's not the Lord God's voice that you would have heard in the valley that day. What you would have heard was the voice of a man, the voice of a preacher, the voice of a prophet. You would not have heard the voice booming out of heaven like Jesus had at his baptism. What you would have heard was a man standing there speaking over a valley of dry bones and declaring something that to an onlooker would have seemed quite ridiculous. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, then you shall live, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm going to do something. I'm going to create life where there is none. See, never as a believer take your cue on what God can do by looking at what's happening around about you. Don't look at that which seems hopeless and agree with what you see because the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that works in us. 
So in the midst of dryness, in the midst of emptiness, in the midst of no sales in your particular area of business, in the midst of there being restriction or trouble, is the Lord able to breathe into these things and to cause them to live? And the answer obviously is yes. So verse uh, 9 goes on, So I prophesied as I com was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I look, verse 8 goes on, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. So now it's all potential. There's a lot of possibility, but no life is in that yet. Verse 9. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. All of a sudden when the breath turns up, it goes from potential and possibility into that which has got power all around about it. It's no longer a valley of dry bones. Now it's a valley with an army in it. There's no doubt that this is a miraculous event. There's no doubt that without the breath of God, there is no power or life. The Bible says God breathed into Adam and what came out of the dust became a living soul, not because of its chemical composition, but because of life came from God because he who is the author of life, he who is the Alpha and the Omega, when he decides I'm going to energise this, it won't matter what it looked like before. It won't matter what everyone's been saying about it. It won't matter how long it's been there. If he decides to energise it, when the breath of God comes, this thing becomes alive and powerful. Acts 2, chapter 4 says, And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of, the, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. This ragtag bunch of 120 leftovers and rejects, what remained of the crowd of 5,000 that was there at the, at the feeding on the five loaves and two fish, and after all that, a few at the cross, now a couple will gather. But out of that ragtag bunch of nobodies that everybody said couldn't do it, now when the breath of God comes in that upper room, all of a sudden they are different because God's breath comes on them. And the guy who denies Jesus before a servant girl three times now stands up and speaks to them telling them you crucified the Lord of glory. What shall we do? They cried out. He said, repent. That's a fair departure from his last conversation in the waiting area while Jesus was being interrogated. I don't know him. Now it's repent. And 3,000 people that day say yes. 3,000 people get baptised. See, the breath of God comes 
on those disciples in the upper room. So we could talk for ages about the breath of God, but I want you to see something else this morning or whatever time it is where you are. Without the bones coming together in that valley of dry bones, there's no need. God didn't breathe on scattered bones. The first thing He said was, get them together. Prophesy to them. Get them mobilised. Get them gathering together. Without the bones coming together, there's no need for His breath to come and energise them. Without the disciples gathered together, it says that they were all together in one accord in the upper room. They weren't in their homes, scattered around about. They weren't saying, look, when the Holy Spirit shows up, we'll turn up. They said, we're going to turn up and we're going to wait for the Holy Spirit. When they gather together, the Holy Spirit, God's breath comes on these people's life. Here's the truth that God doesn't breathe on disconnected things, only on gathered things. God doesn't breathe on things that are not connected either to His purpose or to one another. I loved hearing Mardelli speak about the cafe because everything she's saying, I go, oh, that's what it is. It's more than simply coffee or cake or sausage rolls or whatever the menu might be. It's more than that. It's about people connecting together. And when that happens, the service is not what happens in the auditorium. And then that out there is just all natural and physical. Because when we get ourselves connected together, whether it's there or whether it's in a connect group online or face to face, whether it's being a part of this service wherever you are, when we connect together, then God says, I'll breathe on gathered things. And so about a month or so ago, I wrote this down while I was in a time and a place of prayer. I heard the Lord say, if you'll mobilise them, I'll breathe on them. So you're going to hear over the next couple of months, different people preaching. You know, and uh, I love the way God does this. Uh, you know, that it's not just organised by me. I heard that and I may have told a couple of people, said this is what I believe God wants us to do. But I know Kylie's preaching in a couple of weeks' time, I think, Pastor Kylie Glass. And I said, she said, I feel I've got a word from God. I said, great, that's what I want to hear. She said, it's called waiting in the wings. Do you mind if I tell everyone this? I'll just whet their appetite. And if you don't preach on that when you get there, that's fine too. When she said that to me, I went, that so fits. And then I said to her, I heard the Lord say to me, if you'll mobilise them, I'll breathe on them. So I know that across others that are going to be speaking over the next couple of months, you're going to hear more of that. Why? Because I believe it's the now word of the Holy Spirit right across the earth. How long will we wait for something to change? It's the breath of the Holy Spirit that turns our potential into powerful. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, isn't it, that turns our efforts into exploits? Instead of just we try, I think about this and I go, oh God, all my life, you know, I came on staff of what was then Christian Outreach Center. 
I came on staff because I just wanted to be where the anointing of God was. I didn't know all the doctrine of it, but if the church doors were open, I went. If there was a working bee, I went. I thought, God, what if someone dies on the working bee and then they get raised from the dead and I miss it? So I go to the working bee. No one ever died, by the way. But I just wanted to be wherever God was moving because there is nothing on the planet, nothing that I know of. There is no experience that I'm aware that you can have that outshines not just serving, not just helping, not just being a blessing, but it's the sense of God on you and using you. The Apostle Paul wrote about this one point, I think, and he said, talked about people that were addicted to the hospitality of the saints. Isn't that a great word? So many people are addicted to bad stuff, stuff that ruins their life. He talked about people that are addicted to hospitality. People that go, you know what? I'm addicted to serving. I thank our teams all the time, wherever I have opportunity. I thank them and when they're on the stage or off the stage, it doesn't matter. Often, most weeks, I go through hope and thank everyone that's down there. But I know, see, they're not doing it for me, if that's for sure. And they're not even doing it for this church. And they're not even really doing it because we've got a grand plan. They're doing it because they want God to use their life. They're saying, I don't know when I'm here, when I'm doing this, as small as it might seem for others that are looking on, I know that God is using me and He turns my efforts into exploits. It's the Holy Spirit on us that makes our willingness powerful. So let me ask you the question. What are you giving God to breathe on? Some of you, not most of you, but some of you in this last year have said, hold a second, just give me a chance to get my breath. I'm stepping back a bit. I want to think this through. And I go, that's okay. I totally understand. This is not a message about pressure. But I'm just delivering you what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. If you want me to breathe on it, get yourself connected. Numbers chapter 11. Last scripture for you. What's well, the second last? Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there, and I'll take some of the spirit that's on you, and I'll put the spirit on them also, and they'll bear the burden of the people along with you so you won't have to carry it alone. But yeah, have you noticed in every one of these things, God says, Get them together gather them. He could, uh, is God not capable of visiting you in your tent? Well, of course he is. Verse 25 tells us what happens. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was on Moses. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but it never happened again. No wonder 
well, I know it happened to Joshua because the Bible says about Joshua, while these guys all went, that's it, I've done my bit and off. Joshua, it says, remained in the tabernacle. Everybody else had gone, he's there saying, God, I'm not content with having a moment's experience. I'm not content with having a once-off, you used me. I want to make sure my life gets used by you. No wonder that when Moses' time comes to leave, God says, you know what? I want you to lay hands on Joshua. He is your successor. Have you positioned yourself so that there's a purpose for God's anointing in your life? Have you positioned yourself so that were God to anoint you, there'd be something for it to flow on? Or would the anointing just be subsumed in your personality and your needs and what you're about? So many people can live their lives where it's all about what I need. But God wants to anoint you for the sake of others that are around about you. Amen? You're all very quiet today. I don't know if you're all quiet online, are you? But uh, you're quiet in the building today. I, I trust that you are saying in your heart, Lord, will you use me? You know, last Sunday morning, after I preached that message about the bucket, and of course they all stay up on YouTube, so if you message, you can go back, or if you've heard it and want to hear it again, you get to go back. And uh, uh, there's a couple of ladies in the cafe. I told you the cafe's a spiritual place. And uh, they come to me and they said, Pastor, we need a job. Now, I wasn't sure if they were asking to come on staff. Uh, or, or whatever. Pastor, I need a job. And so I said, hold there. I went over. Bruce was talking to Andrew, as I remember. I said, Bruce, when you're finished, would you come and talk to these two ladies? Well, I then went around about just saying hi to a few people. And at the end, one of them came up to me and said, Pastor, I've got a job. I love that. I love that someone was excited about an opportunity to serve. Now, if this sounds to you like a recruitment message or a pastor trying to get more people involved message, well, so be it. You take it at that level. But it's actually got a lot more than that. It's actually a message about, God, I want your anointing in my life. But God, if I gather with others and there's a need for that, then your anointing will have purpose to flow. You know, every single Sunday for I don't know how long, we have shown uh, an intro video before the worship. It kind of links mingle time through the worship. And I don't know about you, it's just in the background, it's a whole lot of noise and video. And thank God for the team who put it together so lovingly, faithfully, diligently, creatively, excellently, and beautifully. But today, because I know I'm going to preach this, I'm standing there watching, I'm going, hello. That's a preach right there. So I thought you'd like to watch it again. Thank you.
Thank you, Mitch, and all the team. Let's stand for prayer. Come on, wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're uh, on an oil platform somewhere or other, whether you're in a building with a lot of other people. And let's tell the Lord this morning, Lord, I'm ready for your anointing in my life. Would you use my life, Lord? Would you do something with it for the sake of others? I pray, Holy Spirit, that as you organize, you didn't ask Ezekiel to go about and make that bone join to that bone. You said, if you'll declare it, I'll make it happen. Lord, we dare to declare today that right over the earth, you are joining together believers of all different kinds of sizes and shapes and backgrounds and cultures. You're bringing us together because you've got a purpose to reach the earth, to win people to Christ. We're not in competition with anybody. We're simply lifting up the mighty name of Jesus, the name above every other name. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. In a minute, we're going to worship the Lord together. The team are going to come and sing that beautiful song. You turn graves into gardens. There's a lot of complexity in our life, in our world. Everything seems to me to be so much more complex than it used to be. Perhaps, and I guess if you went back a couple of hundred years, boy, it was different and not necessarily better. But sometimes in the middle of our complexity, we miss the simple things. Next weekend, I'll do a wedding. Oh, there's a lot of organisation goes on. I'll tell you what, the heart of it is, is actually quite simple. The heart of it is someone saying to someone else, yes. I marry you. That's how simple it is. It's not difficult. Some of the greatest things in your life actually aren't complex. They're simple. Saying yes to Christ is not complicated. It's simple. And whether you're online or whether you're here in the building, if you've never begun a walk with Jesus, why don't you say yes to Him today? 0488 826392. If you're in Australia, you just text YES. If you're outside of Australia or you want to get our encouragement via email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. And the next day after that, we'll send you one screen of your smartphone, is all it'll be. It comes from us, not from anywhere else. We don't write and ask you for anything. We want to be a part of helping you after you've said your yes. So we send you a scripture, a different one every day. We send you a, a, a prayer, a different one every day. And that prayer becomes your prayer. You can pray it, make it yours while you're, I guess, understanding how to pray. The, the scriptures are there to encourage you. I know that if you do that, every day you'll start walking with God. Your life will be transformed not just you'll learn more, but He'll change you. Father, thank You for everyone that's going to say yes today. Right now, people are saying yes. People in the building right now are saying, I want to say yes. 
I want to start following Jesus. Because Lord, you're always drawing people. You cut across our life and all the stuff going on and say, this is how simple it is. Say yes to me and I'll come into your life. So thank you for them, Lord. We pray for them. We want to encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give all those people a big hand. God's there every single week. Every single week, people are saying yes to Christ and we love that. If you didn't get that number and you're in the building, these are outside of the uh, Connect Hub near there. You can grab one of those, take the number back with you. Uh, if you're online, uh, you get it there on the screen. We would love to be a part of your journey with Jesus. Amen.